Blog Talk Radio. Learn how to take your caring and giving farther with the Caring and Funding Podcast powered by Cap America. Cap America, America's leader in cross-border philanthropy, helps corporations, foundations, wealth advisors, and individuals who wish to give internationally and with enhanced due diligence in the United States. Through its industry-leading grant management program and philanthropic advisory services, CAF America helps donors amplify their impact and ensure their gifts are made in a safe and effective manner. This caring and funding podcast is dedicated to these donors and the charities they support. Our guests are leaders in their field who join us to share tips for success and stories that inspire. Our host is Ted Hart, the CEO of CAF America. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at capamerica.org, on iTunes, and now just say, Alexa, play CAF America on TuneIn. Now, welcome the host of CAF America's Caring and Funding Podcast, Ted Hart. And welcome to this latest edition of the Caring and Funding Podcast. Last Friday, Congress passed and the President signed into law the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Securities Act, also known as the CARES Act. This response to the COVID-19 global pandemic emergency covered many areas, including the tax benefits related to charitable giving. Generally, there are limitations on deductions to charitable contributions for both individuals and corporate taxpayers based on taxpayers' adjusted gross income in the cases of individuals and taxable income in the case of corporations. This CARES Act increases the limit on individual taxpayers' deductions for cash contributions to public charities from 60% to the individual's adjusted gross income to 100% of the individual's adjusted gross income. This increase effectively suspends the limit of individuals for individuals in 2020. For corporate payers, the CARES Act increases the income limits on deductions for charitable cash contributions from 10% of the corporation's taxable income to 25% of the corporation's taxable income. These changes allow taxpayers to take a larger deduction for charitable contributions than would normally be available. This is the topic of today's Caring and Funding podcast is to make sure that our listeners have all of the information necessary because there are very specific steps that need to be followed to qualify for these new tax benefits related to charitable giving. Our guest here today is Dave Shevlin. He is the head of exempt organizations practice at the law firm Simpson Thatcher. Dave counsels on a variety of well-known international and domestic exempt organizations, including CAF America. He also advises donors, universities, foundations, hospitals, and cultural institutions. Long active in the American Bar Association, Dave is a past chair of the ABA's Section of Taxation Committee on Exempt Organizations, and he has also served on the board of directors directors for Doctors Without Borders USA. And welcome here to the Caring and Funding Podcast, Dave Shevlin. Thank you very much, Ted. It's good to be here. 
Dave, this is uh, a very important topic for all Americans and corporations because these are very generous changes that Congress uh, has made possible, uh, but they, there are rules that have to be followed. All gifts are not treat, uh, treated the same, uh, and making a gift without knowing the rules uh, will uh, reduce the uh, taxpayer or corporation's capacity uh, to take on these new tax benefits. So I'm going to ask you to start, let's start with individuals. Uh, there is uh, in this law uh, something that is uh, called the universal uh, deduction. There's a new uh, uh, deduction that's available to uh, all Americans. Uh, help us understand and unpack what that's all about and what the rules are related to that new uh, benefit. All right, so there's, there's um, I, I would say, two major categories of, of charitable giving incentives that were included in the CARES Act for individuals and corporations. Um, and with respect to individuals, we have a, a what we call above-the-line um, uh, contribution for individual taxpayers who do not itemize their deductions. Um, they get a above the line, meaning prior to the computation of your adjusted gross income, uh, you get a deduction of up to $300 um, in cash contributions um, to certain charitable organizations. And I'm going to come back to what we mean by certain charitable organizations in a minute. Um, but this is in addition to what you described at the outset of the call, which is for individuals who um, do not itemize uh, and are making cash uh, charitable contributions, the adjusted gross income limit of 60% has now been increased all the way up to 100%. So you get to uh, charitably deduct all of your adjusted gross income with respect to the charitable contributions that qualify under the rule. So under both of those for individuals, whether it's you know $300 perhaps most Americans or those who do itemize perhaps uh, wealthier Americans, there are these new benefits, but there's also some rules that have to be followed, are there not? That's right. So you have to understand um, the organization that you are um, making the contribution to because the changes do not apply to uh, charitable contributions that are made to most types of private foundations that um, that uh, we are all familiar with, there are certain limited types of private foundations that would qualify. But by and large, um, you know, your your family foundation, your corporate foundation, the typical private non-operating foundation would not qualify as a recipient. Um, Supporting organizations under Code Section 509A3 are not eligible recipients of these contributions. Uh, and uh, w without digressing, supporting organizations are a, a, a rather small part of our philanthropic field, but there are many supporting organizations out there affiliated with institutions like hospitals and universities, so donors should be aware that they do not qualify. In addition, contributions to donor-advised funds do not qualify, which is why it's very, very important um, that if you are interested in working with a particular service provider, um, that the gift be made in a way 
um, which is perfectly possible and plausible to do without it being made um, to a fund that would otherwise be defined as a donor-advised fund under the tax law if you want to take advantage of, this, um, of these new rules. So let me ask you about that. So, for instance, yep. uh, someone who might be working with CAF America and might normally be thinking of putting money into a donor-advised fund, uh, retaining advisory rights to advise those funds at a later date, those would not qualify for the new uh, enhanced uh, benefits under the CARES Act. However, a donor working with CAF America who would want to make a restricted gift to a particular charity that CAF America already has a relationship with, that would qualify uh, for the enhanced benefits under the CARES Act. Right. So one of the, the benefits of an institution like CAF America is that it, it it provides its clients and its donors with um, a number of different types of uh, vehicles, if you will, through which to um, conduct their charitable giving. Donor-advised fund is one, but not the only type of giving that you can do through CAF America. Um, so, for example, like you said, donor-advised fund is specifically defined in our tax law as a vehicle through which I, as a donor, retain advisory privileges to uh, advise on distributions made out of that fund over the course of time. That would be impermissible. However, if CAF has already pre-vetted um, and approved of a particular public charity as a recipient of aid, um, be it uh, COVID-related or otherwise, and I, as the donor, say, I am making a gift to you, CAF America, that is restricted to be uh, used to further your support, your pre-approved support of charity XYZ. I haven't set up a donor-advised fund. I'm not making any precatory advisory um, recommendations. Right. I'm simply making a gift to a charity, uh, to you, um, to be used for a restricted use that you have already uh, approved. And that is no different than any other public charity that has decided to raise funds from its donors for a restricted use, such as a university raising funds for a particular course of study or a sports program, or a hospital raising funds for a particular uh, medical program or wing. So um, th this is a... Um, a, a way in which your clients can work with CAF America um, to uh, be benefit from these tax rules without inadvertently tripping up the restriction against uh, using a DAS. That's right. So, so it's important in the consideration of a contribution to, before the contribution is made, to have that discussion of whether or not the donor desires to uh, benefit from the enhanced benefits of the CARES Act or not. Um, and, uh, and if they do, then they should be advised to give a restricted gift to a charity we already have a relationship with, and therefore they would, they would, uh, 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 that would fit under the, these new regulations. Uh, going back to the above-the-line charitable contribution deduction of up to $300 uh, for individuals uh, that do not itemize, uh, that is a benefit that will survive the immediate uh, time of uh, the year 2020 and the immediate uh, time of uh, hopefully the, 
the COVID uh, global pandemic. That also, uh, even beyond the, the year 2020, that will uh, also have the restriction of needing to be a restricted gift uh, and not a donor advised gift. Is that correct? You are correct. Okay. Um, it's gonna... important. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say it, it's really worthy of restating it the way that you, you, you said it just now, which is it, it, if you want to avail yourself of these um, very generous um, incentives that have been built into the CARES Act, then CAF America is, is situated with respect to the offerings that you provide your donors to have a, a mechanism, but you must be in contact with CAF America, say I, this, this, this enhanced deduction, the enhanced AGI limits are important to me, uh, and then it's, uh, the mechanism is fine. Here uh, we have pre-vetted and approved charities that you can support, and you'll make a restricted gift in support of a charity that we've approved. Um, so it's worthy of restating how important it is to work up front with you know, your relationship advisor at CAF America to structure that properly. Terrific. Uh, Dave, I want to thank you for that. We're going to take a quick uh, mid-show break here. When we come back, we're yep. going to get right into the enhanced benefits uh, for corporations uh, and then wrap up at, uh, generally uh, to make sure that everybody has these rules firmly in mind as they are thinking of uh, their uh, charitable uh, contributions going forward. And we'll be right back. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at CAFAmerica.org. If you're listening today, our phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 914-338-0855. Now, back to the CAF America Radio Network and our host, Ted Hart. And we're back here with Dave Shevlin, who is the head of Exempt Organizations Practice at the law firm Simpson Thatcher. Uh, Dave, uh, before we took that quick break, um, I mentioned that when we come back, we're going to talk about what has changed under the CARES Act uh, for the benefit of corporations who wish to be philanthropically generous. Can you share with us what those changes are? So um, corporations um, are typically limited to deducting charitable contributions up to 10% of uh, corporations' um, taxable income. And the CARES Act lifts that uh, limit from 10% to 25%, um, with excesses being carried over in the normal manner in which excess contributions are carried over. Um, so this is, a, a, again, another... Um, act by Congress to try and incentivize corporate giving as well by lifting the ceiling from 10% to 25%, again, on contributions that qualify um, in the same uh, manner as they have to qualify for individuals who are making those contributions. So uh, again, the the uh, the restriction is that these cannot be donor advised gifts. Uh, these cannot be contributions to private foundations. Um, uh, but if they are made as restricted gifts 
to charities that, for instance, CAF America already has a relationship with, then these enhanced benefits for corporations uh, up to 25% of taxable income is then permissible. That's correct. Now, am I correct that this, uh, this enhanced deduction is limited to contributions made in 2020 for corporations? Yes, yes it is. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about one other restriction and have you um, help us make sure that we understand that, that uh, under the CARES Act, only cash contributions as opposed to donations of stock, real estate, or other non-cash items are permitted, uh, again, to restricted uh, charities, restricted gifts for individuals and, and corporations. Is that is that correct? That's right. The, the Act was very specific in limiting um, the eligibility of these contributions to these enhanced deductions to cash contributions. Contributions of any kind of property, be including marketable securities or real assets or otherwise, do not qualify. So again, as we said at the top of the, the, the show, Dave, um, these are very generous changes uh, to the, the, uh, the, the tax law uh, that, uh, that allow both individuals um, and uh, high net worth individuals and corporations uh, to receive more of a benefit uh, for being uh, charitable. Uh, the above-the-line charitable contribution for individuals, just in summary, that will survive uh, this act and that up to $300 uh, for individuals who do not itemize will go forward, but again, uh, that $300 cannot be uh, through a donor-advised mechanism, but would need to be uh, a restricted contribution. Uh, for uh, individuals who do itemize uh, their, their deduction, uh, the bill permits a charitable contribution deduction of up to 100% of their adjusted gross income. Now, what if someone uh, gives more than their uh, adjusted gross income calculation for this year? Um, can any of that uh, roll over to future years? Yes. So if you happen to give more than the adjusted gross income limit, be it a contribution that qualifies for the 100% AGI limit or, uh, you know, a, a, another limit, um, or if you are um, uh, a corporation in the same um, boat, if you will, then the excess contributions will carry over to um, succeeding years and operate the normal way that um, contribution carryovers uh, are, are, uh, are used and may be used under the code. Okay. And again, um, is, this yeah. provision of up to 100% of the adjusted gross income is specific to 2020, but you would be able to roll that forward. That's correct. Again, must be a cash contribution, uh, cannot be a, a contribution of uh, uh, marketable securities, as you said, real estate, or any other non-cash items. Uh, for uh, It doesn't prohibit you from making those contributions or even making a contribution to donor-advised funds uh, right now if you wished, but if you want these enhanced benefits, then these new rules must be followed. Uh, same thing going uh, back to corporations. The enhanced benefit there, 
uh, moves from 10% of taxable income to 25% of taxable income. Again, must be cash. Again, must be this restricted vehicle uh, versus uh, any vehicle that uh, allows the corporate donor to retain any advisory rights. Is that correct? That was all correctly stated. Okay, terrific. Well, um, just in the last couple of minutes that, that we have here, Dave, just summarize, uh, you know, your view of this act. Uh, you've, you've used the word uh, generous. Uh, obviously, Congress means uh, to generate more contributions to all sorts of charities. These, uh, these rules are not restricted only to uh, charities that are providing uh, direct relief for the, the uh, COVID-19 global pandemic, but any charity that you want to uh, to support, uh, but you have to do it just right, as we've outlined here, to be able to get the enhanced benefits. So summarize in the way that you would like, uh, I think you, utilizing the word uh, that you, you had earlier, uh, how generous this is of Congress. So I, I think it's a, it's, um, a very important uh, act of incentivization by Congress um, to give both um, an above-the-line deduction to encourage, you know, all, all, you know, as many Americans as possible to give at least, you know, $300 um, above the line without any um, computation into the adjusted gross income, and then um, to see to see the, you know, the the meaning of of lifting the adjusted gross income to 100% is essentially communicating to uh, to us as, as a matter of tax policy, we're comfortable with you giving away all of your money. Um, and we won't cap your ability to deduct that for purposes of, of computing your tax bill. It's, it's you know, not, not, you know, all of us are, have necessarily the means to give away all of our money, but we certainly know plenty of individuals and corporations that, that do hit their limits. Um, and when you are planning, you often do take your limits into account when planning your giving for a year. And when you lift the ceiling, um, I have a number of clients who are thinking of accelerating giving this year, um, which is exactly what Congress wanted to do because um, it's not just um, – it, it, it's, it's, it's like you said, not – not simply COVID-related relief, but this is going to be an extraordinary year of need. Um, uh, it, it catalyzed by COVID um, for sure um, in many ways, but we're seeing and will see deep philanthropic need across many sectors um, that are really going to feel the consequences of COVID. Uh, people losing their jobs, charities are going to be starved for support, whether they are social service organizations, food banks, or uh, cultural institutions and museums. So I also think it was super important and helpful that Congress didn't um, try to define the category of charities that could be assisted now. Of course, they defined uh, the type but uh, like we've talked about, but not from a programmatic perspective. Uh, That's so, right. Uh, um, Dave, I want to share yeah. a statistic that, uh, that our listeners yeah. may actually find 
uh, surprising, and that is the nonprofit sector taken all together is the third largest industry in the country. Uh, so we're talking about assets, we're talking about employees, we're talking about uh, a very large part of the American economy is tied up in the success of the nonprofit sector. Uh, did Congress have that in mind when they put forth these generous uh, new limits? I would think so. And um, it, it, it's such um, an important engine of our economy, as you, as you just pointed out, um, but has to rely on um, you know, the generosity of, of the citizens of this country. Um, uh, we're different than other countries. Um, you know, our, our charitable institutions rely heavily on private philanthropy as opposed to um, the social uh, uh, you know, net of government support. And so incentivizing private philanthropy in this fashion um, is extremely important in order to continue to catalyze such an important engine of our economy. Dave, uh, following the Tax Cuts and Job Act of 2017, there were a number of changes, uh, including the increase of the standard deduction that uh, for mm -hmm. many Americans essentially uh, removed the uh, incentive, uh, the tax incentive to give to charitable organizations. Uh, and there was a dip in overall giving uh, in the United States because of that. Um, that certainly doesn't bode well if that were to continue. Uh, so does it seem to you that these incentives are uh, well-timed to try to stem that tide uh, as a third of our economy is essentially at stake? Yes, it's a good point. Um, you know, the 2017 Jobs uh, um, Tax Cut and Jobs Act um, had a number of provisions which were uh, challenging. Um, for the sector, um, and um, this reflects, I, I think, a perspective that um, important, meaningful steps. You know, the, the the changes that were made in the CARES Act are not um, are, are not small, immaterial window dressing changes um, to try and sort of have a, 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 if you will, a good story to tell. That you know, oh, we helped charity, um, but not really helping charity. This really helps charity. Um, it should really help charity. It, you know, I hope it really does help charity by you know incentivizing in in two different ways Americans across the economic and income spectrum to be able to help this sector um, uh, as we try and help all all, all of each other make it through um, a, a really you know challenging path. Dave, I do want to clarify one thing that I just said. Of course, I meant to refer to the nonprofit sector as the third largest uh, industry uh, in the country. Uh, it does represent, on an annual basis, uh, more than a trillion dollars to the U.S. economy, and that represents uh, just about 5.5% of the overall uh, U.S. economy. Uh, but a lot of jobs and a lot of communities rely on the social uh, safety net that's created uh, by many nonprofit organizations. So again, this CARES Act and the incentives for both individuals and corporations uh, is a, a hopeful sign that perhaps uh, they won't be hit quite as badly. Indeed, and um, let's hope so.
Um, terrific, Dave. And uh, Dave Shevlin, thank you for uh, being our guest here uh, today on the uh, Care and Funding uh, podcast. We thank you so much for bringing us all the detailed rules that are included uh, in these generous new benefits uh, that are included in uh, in the CARES Act. Thank you for being our guest here today. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Cap America Radio Network. Tell all your friends and colleagues to check out our production schedule. Sign up for our free newsletter and download our iPad and iPod-friendly podcasts at capamerica.org. Thanks for listening to the Cap America Radio Network.